Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. Welcome to Bob Enyart Live. I'm Dominic Enyart. Tomorrow, we want to talk about the awful news that came out of Waukesha, Wisconsin. We want to cover the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict as he, praise God, was found not guilty. But we're going to wait a day more for details to come out. We don't want to be fast. We want to be right. In the meantime, we're going to continue the broadcast series we started last week with the debate between regulating and abolishing abortion. Before we get to that, we want to encourage the audience to pray for Darla from Ohio, who called last week and told us she's been struggling through domestic abuse. She's been to the police and has separated herself from that situation. But I want to encourage all of you in the audience to pray for Darla this week. Pray for her to have wisdom, healing, and strength. A few thousand extra people praying will always help, right? But now, without further ado, my father and predecessor, Bob Enyart. Greetings to the brightest audience in the country. I am Bob Enyart, the pastor of Denver Bible Church. By accident yesterday, December 6th, the House of Representatives did the right thing in voting against National Right to Life's Fetal Pain Act. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Now we will join in progress a debate between Wyoming and Colorado Right to Life in which Brian Rohrbaugh argues for Colorado Right to Life that this act is wrong because regardless of the intentions, it violates God's enduring command, do not murder. And because it is wrong, it would have very bad unintended consequences like actually encouraging a woman to get a late-term abortion by offering her a solution, painkiller, for her baby. And also, the law itself uses the word humane, and this could convince judges and the public to view even late-term abortion as now more humane, making abortion harder than ever to abolish. So we rejoin the debate where I have just explained that pro-abortion federal judges could use a federal law like this to force legalization of late-term abortions, even in states that have outlawed them. And Stephen Ertelt, publisher of LifeNews.com and president of Wyoming Right to Life, argues that the law authorizes anesthesia for late-term abortions only in states that have already permitted late-term abortions. But after a careful reading of all 23 pages of the law, which you also can read online at kgov.com, I can assure you this badly drafted law does not even recognize that danger. So let's continue. Only if those abortions are legal in the first place. That's not true. Yeah, it it doesn't. Stephen, it doesn't say that. And there are many pro-life attorneys who look at bills like this and warn us that these things entrench abortion. But let me ask you a couple questions. Okay, One, and, and there are, are probably just as many, if not considerably more, that would beg to differ with you. Yeah, they and might. They've litigated in front of the Supreme well, Court. Well, let's, let's look at, at state Supreme Court. Okay, but let's look at their success, Stephen. 39 years this has been going on. Let's look at their success. If you want to make that argument, point to them, and what abortion procedure have they outlawed? Things are worse now 
than they were in 1967. No, in 19 virtually every state in the country in 1967, Stephen, South Carolina and Mississippi, where abortions have gone down by half. Stephen, you must these types of laws that you oppose. You first, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, do we want abortions to go down or not? Why don't you listen to what I said, Stephen? In 1967, abortion started here in Colorado. Things are worse today than they were in 1967. While you have seen some decrease, and a lot of people take credit for what the decrease is, things are worse today than they were then, and abortion is far more grisly than what it started as. I want it you to is prove how it's worse. When abortion numbers are down, okay. we have better numbers on the Stephen, Supreme Court putting us closer to, to overturning Roe. The proof is right, on your hey, prove that it is worse. Stephen, how, in, how in 1967, worse? were there more abortions? Or are there more in 2006? There's a million more a year today. There's more now, of course, because abortion was illegal. How about that, partial, question. How that about, was my right, point. Okay, and in 1977, we have way more today. How about partial birth abortion? How about harvesting fetal parts, organs? The, the real question is, are so, there more abortions now than there were 5 or 10 okay, or 15 now, Stephen, years ago before okay. the pro-life movement began to experience considerable success? Okay, let's address that issue directly. There has been a decrease in abortions in America. There's also been a decrease in pregnancies to teenagers, single moms. So are there other major factors that would reduce the number of abortions in America. For example, in the last 20 years, is birth control more available to unmarried people? Is birth control more affordable? Is birth control more effective? Has the stigma disappeared for unmarried women to bear children? Those factors provide overwhelming downward pressure on the number of abortions, and they have nothing to do with saying, if you wait 24 hours, then you could kill your baby. So there are major factors which the pro-life leaders completely ignore, and they claim that their regulating of abortion is responsible for all these drops in the numbers. Well, it's been proven. I mean, there are a number of researchers that have proven that those bills have correlated with the drop in abortion. Those bills have been responsible for reducing the number of abortions. And so the real question is this. If it's another 30-some-odd years before abortion is legal, are you going to continue to tolerate our taxpayer dollars paying for abortions? Are you going to continue to tolerate parents being left in the dark when their teenager is taken to some other state or across town for a secret abortion? Are you going to continue to tolerate abortion facilities lying to women about the development of their child and about abortion alternatives and about abortion risks and dangers? Well, what and does we your say, bill no, do? We are not going to tolerate that. What does We're your bill do for any of that? Address those situations. And we're going to reduce abortion. Yeah, but what does your bill do for any of those things you just stated? Well, this is one bill. There's several other bills we could sit here and discuss. Well, we're talking about this bill, and I just want to clarify. Are you speaking in a position of authority for national right to life, or are you speaking as the president of Wyoming Right to Life? I don't speak for national right to life. I, okay, I'm not you did, a, uh, an official with that organization. You did in your press release attacking me. You did say that. You said that 49 other state chapters support this bill. Do you know that, or were you just surmising it? I I know that for certain. In fact, I've received numerous legislative alerts from numerous other state affiliates urging Congress to support this bill. Uh, Yours is the only state that issued any kind of public statement opposing this legislation. Stephen, do you have affirmative support from all other 49 groups that they support this bill? Uh, I have affirmative support from virtually everyone, yes. Okay, but not from all 49. 
only because not all of them have okay, media so you, offices and legislative people that are putting out this type of Okay, so, so you weren't sure because you said virtually no pro-life groups are opposing it, and we just contacted a few, and American Life League, Judy Brown, they're stalwarts of the pro-life movement, they're opposing this bill. Hey, I'm talking Oper- about National Right to Life. Operation. You said also. You're talking about. You said also other pro-life organizations. Operation Save America. Reverend Flip Benham. They're opposing this bill. I'd like to ask Brian Robot. Brian. Yes. And then I'm going to ask the opposite question to Stephen. Stephen said this bill might convince a woman to not kill her baby because she realizes the baby can feel pain. Is that possible? Well, I think sure it's possible. I mean. You would have some women who would consider, I don't want this. I don't want to okay. do this because they'd hear that. Okay. I'd like to ask Stephen Ertel the opposite of that question, the reciprocal part of it. Stephen, is it possible that some women who would not want to kill their unborn child late in pregnancy, that this bill might encourage them to go ahead and kill the baby because they've been notified that the baby will not feel pain and they'll receive a pain medication for the baby? Is that possible? I don't think it's possible at all. And the okay, that, that just women, that just let me finish answering that question, settled don't the cut debate. Go, I'm not going to cut you off, but because women are going to the abortion right. center already, pretty right. much with the intent of having the abortion. Stephen, so it's not here, a matter of right. undecided women who aren't quite sure who are going to be persuaded to have an abortion that they weren't sure they were going to have in the first place. All right, you're we'll typically s- having a woman who's abortion-minded. What we're hoping will happen, and what I'm sure will happen, because it's happened with other legislation, it's been proven as such, who are already abortion-minded. And this is the key. Okay, Stephen. That will change their mind. All right. Now, you just settled who won this debate right now, proving what I've said on this show for years, that people who will pass laws that end with, and then you could kill the baby, they are so determined, so committed to that strategy that they will not even look at the possible downside, the unintended consequence of their law. For you to say to this audience that it is not possible that a woman who hears her baby will receive pain medication, that that woman might decide to go ahead and have the abortion because it's more humane for her five-month-old baby in the womb, that is so unreasonable, and it demonstrates our claim that once you give up on do not murder, once you're willing to compromise that, you are no longer willing to look honestly at the issue. Well, Bob, you know what's sad to me? What's sad to me is the fact that folks like you and Brian are willing to look the other way while abortion happens and not do everything you can to save as many lives as possible. If this bill saves one life, if it protects the life of one baby and that baby is allowed to live and that mother doesn't go through with the pain and the travesty of abortion that destroys her life and her relationship with God and her relationship with her family, if you look the other way and allow that shame on you. Stephen, did you see Brian Rohrbaugh on CBS Evening News with Katie Carrick? No, I did not. Okay, maybe on Fox News with O'Reilly? I do recall that. Well, he spoke to 9 million people telling them that abortion is always wrong, and we need to honor God and the absolutes of right and wrong. We don't disagree on that point, Bob. Yeah, but for you to say, and you've said this in writing, too, that Colorado Right to Life, Brian Rohrbaugh, they're doing nothing, that's simply a red herring. These are people who have devoted their lives to upholding God's enduring command do not murder. Okay. Okay. I'd like as to ask as you as again. I'm going to ask you to, again, Stephen. me and other groups saying that we're willing to tolerate abortion is simply, right. it's outlandish. Stephen, Bob, I'm going to ask you again to answer this question. Is it possible that H.R. 6099 can convince 
some women to go ahead and have a late-term abortion because their baby will receive pain medication. Is that a possibility? Bob, H.R. 6099 will help reduce some abortions. Those who oppose that bill stand with Planned Parenthood. Stephen, you can't come to that conclusion unless you first answered this question. Is it possible that this bill will convince some women late in pregnancy to have an abortion because their baby will be medicated? This bill will not convince any woman to have an abortion who hasn't already made up her mind that she wants to have the abortion. What it will do is reduce abortions and convince Okay, that wasn't the question. I'm going to, to Brian Robot. Brian, Stephen Ertel has conceded the debate, but go ahead. Well, oh, come on. Here's the thing, Stephen, is if, if you're honest, you would admit that even someone who goes to a crisis pregnancy center that learns that maybe they could have pain medication for their child, they might, in fact, give up on adoption. And they might say, well, if I can get pain medication for the baby, then I will have an abortion because that's better for everyone. And you have to be honest enough to admit that. Of course, Stephen. Of course, I'm going to admit some women are going to have abortions, but shouldn't we try no, to convince them otherwise? No, they're going to they're going to have abortions. Do nothing, Stephen. Please let me say something. They're going to have the abortion because you are offering pain medication. No, they're where not. they wouldn't the have it before. Not. The proof is that when you ask women why they have an abortion, 95% of them say it's because financial considerations or concerns about their education or relationship problems with their boyfriend. It has nothing to do with whether you're going to provide them anesthesia. Well, then anything, your bill is meaningless, Stephen. Aren't Stephen, aware you're... of their development of their baby All right. and what's going on in their pregnancy. And if they're told, look, you have a baby inside of you, a baby who's going to feel excruciating pain, some of them are going to think otherwise. Stephen, you just said that when women go into crisis pregnancy centers and they hear about the pain of the baby, that convinces a number of them not to have the abortion. What you left out is the crisis pregnancy center doesn't offer to solve that problem. We could make sure your baby doesn't feel pain. They don't do that. This legislation from Because they don't do abortions. This applies to abortion centers, not crisis pregnancy centers. The crisis pregnancy centers rightly point out the pain that the baby will go through to be tortured, to be killed. What you are now doing with National Right to Life is saying, but we will solve that problem. We will medicate the baby so he doesn't feel pain. You guys are so far beyond do not murder that you refuse to look at the possibility of unintended consequences of your legislation. Well, what's hypocritical is you lie crisis pregnancy centers for appropriately giving women information about pain, but we don't want to regulate abortion centers and mandate that they do the same thing. Why is it that women who go to crisis pregnancy centers ought to be given the right information, but we don't care what happens to women who go to abortion centers? We're going to oppose a bill that gives them that information. And let's look at your bill. Once again, you're relying on the good faith efforts of an abortionist. And now you want us to believe no, we're that not, for, this for, is a mandate that they provide the information. It has right. nothing to do with good faith. Well, no, the, the word good it's, faith it's is in right in the law. H.R. 6099 states on page 9, I've got this off a printout from Congress's own website, that the good faith judgment of the abortionist will be used to determine. So once you compromise on do not murder. That's not a med- medical emergency situation. You need to clarify that. No, 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 no. That's not. That's to determine whether the baby is pain capable. The pain capable unborn child, if it's past 20 weeks, the way you determine the age is by the good faith judgment of the abortionist. And even that, even on that minor point, 
It helps the mainstream child killers. Once you violate do not murder, you end up in the most bizarre world of unintended consequences. Well, where your position leaves us is a bizarre world where we not only have abortion legal, but we tolerate tax-funded no, abortion. No, well, we tolerate legal no, that's not in the true. Dark. And, we that's tolerate not true. lying to women about their babies. That's not and true. Food. Yeah, they, they are not. Okay, true. well, they they are true if you oppose this kind of legislation. No, okay, no, they're not, Stephen. This kind of legislation ends with the meaning, and then you can kill the baby. So you're regulating the murder of well, children. Legislation to stop your and my money from paying for abortion. That is not true, Stephen. Abortion legislation Stephen, that offers women that's information not true. about abortion alternatives. That's not true. It's true, no, it's true you, because abortion is still legal. Okay, after those if results. we could totally stop abortion in Colorado, that would not be immoral because we didn't also stop it in Oklahoma. We are not against stopping abortion incrementally here and there. What we are against is violating God's enduring command: do not murder, because you think you've latched on to some strategy that might have a long-term benefit. I'd like well, to I'm ask... interested in upholding God's law that calls us in the book of Jude to rescue those from the fire. We have women and babies Amen. who are being killed and injured every day. If we can save one child, if we can of help a woman and, and help her avoid the travesty of an abortion, if we can save those lives, we are rescuing those babies from the fire. And to oppose a bill like you are doing... That is against God's well, law. Well, Steve, that is against biblical principles. Well, let, let's test what you're saying, Stephen. If what you were saying is true, if this bill wouldn't have the flip side effect of increasing abortions among women who see that now they can eliminate the pain from their child. Let's say if the bill, bill only educated right, the masses only educated. that unborn children suffer pain when they're killed. Right. If that's all it did. If that's all it did, it would be a good bill. But unfortunately, you point out the problem in this bill, and then you offer the solution that allows the abortion to be more palatable. More humane. This is humane. So in other words, you're saying you're willing to tell women about the pain a baby's going to feel and do nothing about the pain? You're well, not willing to do anything right, for the exactly. child? Exactly. I don't want to redo it, allow hey, the child to just undergo exactly. this painful, That's true. excruciating abortion yeah. and, and kill it and rip their limbs apart and suck their brains out, that, that's okay with you? Uh, I don't want to make rape, good? hey, Stephen, right. I don't want to make... woman it's going to hey, happen, Stephen, and that's good enough? Stephen. I don't want to make rape more palatable. Rape has always been with us. I don't want to present laws for how to rape women and make it less egregious, because that backfires. That violates the basic principles of right and wrong, because we think we could, we think we could outthink the unintended consequences of violating right and wrong. Well, let me address that too, Stephen. What you're suggesting, I think, would be very much like adding Novocaine to Zyklon B. The Nazis gassed millions of people, innocent people, and you're suggesting that somehow, had they eliminated the pain or anxiety, it would be a kinder death. Better and society, I'm, better for ending the problem And, and I'm sooner. saying to you, that's what's wrong. That's why I said to 9 million people, Murder is always wrong, and abortion is murder. Because well, I'm standing up, wrong, I'm standing up for wrong, a principle. We do everything that we can to stop as many as possible. We, we do. That's should, what this but, bill does. But, but this not, bill does not. In to the bill, more abortions will occur. The no. chance to tell women about the pain that their baby is going to receive okay. is and lessened. I'd and like, we've done more wrong than we've done right here. And, Stephen, it's my opinion, having studied this bill and many others and looked at the history— that this bill will encourage late-term abortion 
and the numbers will go up, not down, because of the poor wording and the flawed thought process of writing a bill that ends with, and then you can kill the baby. And that's well, what that this law opinion, is. But the proof is in the pudding. The no, no, the proof is in the history. Have reduced abortion. Stephen, you didn't Whether respond to my. I rebutted that earlier. Stephen, I rebutted. Stephen, I rebutted that earlier, and you've demonstrated that people who advocate compromise legislation on then you could kill the baby that they don't want to look at the unintended consequences of their legislation. And then you don't want to look at the unintended consequences of how women are still lied to. No, sure Babies I do. are still killed. We do that all and the with time. other bills like this, your tax dollars still pay for abortion. And Stephen. Parents are still left in the dark. Those are the unintended consequences of your position. Sir. No, uh, Stephen, let me explain something to you. As president of Colorado Right to Life, part of my job is to educate the public in Colorado. I don't depend on the government to do it. We have very talented people. We have dedicated all our resources to educating the public of the horrors of abortion and the fact that it's wrong. We're not looking to the government to do it. We're out in the street. We're at the abortion clinics. We are trying to help save children on a daily basis and educate the world. And the the reason you make my point is this. When the partial birth abortion ban was being debated in Congress, we know for certain that there was a boyfriend who was watching CNN during the debate. As Senator Santorum got on the floor of the Senate and described the process of a partial birth abortion and how it dismembers a baby before his, his chance of being born, that boyfriend talked with his pregnant girlfriend about the abortion they were planning to have and changed their minds. This bill has sparked so much debate nationally about babies, about unborn children, about the pain they feel. There's no telling how many people Stephen, will not uh, have an abortion Stephen, because uh, of this bill. So thank you for making my point. No, right. I submit that the point you just made simply proves that the information is out there and a certain percentage of the public will see that and say, now abortion is acceptable, it's more humane. And that is the reality of this kind of bill. Well, the contrary is true. People are seeing that. Polls are bearing it out that they're seeing that babies are are painfully killed by abortions because we're bringing up these laws and the media covers them and there's national news coverage about what happened. But you offered a solution. Polls are on our side. I have two other questions. a great job of educating the public and changing hearts and minds thanks to these bills. Stephen, I have two questions for you related to my question about might this bill convince some women to go ahead and have a late-term abortion. The first question is this. If H.R. 6099 becomes law nationwide, is it possible that it could convince millions of people that late-term abortion is not so inhumane or evil because the babies are given pain medication? Is that possible? No, it's not possible, Bob, despite your wishful thinking. I mean, you come up with these pie-in-the-sky theories because you're opposing the bill. Okay, let me ask you this. If you make late-term abortion more humane, is that possible that it could reduce opposition to late-term abortion? not making late-term abortion more humane. You argued that it is humane to the baby. Stephen, you just argued on this show that it makes it more humane for the baby who's not going to suffer as much pain. The baby won't suffer as much pain. So that would be more humane, right? Well, certainly. Okay, so then let me ask you this question. When the majority of Americans in Colorado, the majority voted to keep legal partial birth abortion, just to remind you. But 
when millions of Americans hear that late-term babies are given pain medication? Is it possible that that would lower their opposition even to late-term abortion? Is that no, not, not at all, because okay. they're hearing the information about the latest scientific research showing Steven, that abortion okay. causes excruciating pain for babies. You're proving my point over and over and over. No, yeah, I'm, wow. I'm not, Bob. I'm yeah. sorry to tell you that. It's interesting to me. Doesn't this bill create a profit center for Planned Parenthood? There's already a profit center for Planned Parenthood. No, no, no. Doesn't it increase Does it create their a new ability to have more profit because they have something they can charge for now? No, there's absolutely no additional profit that they're going to make. Now, now, wait a minute. Let me challenge you on that. And the reason are, why is fewer abortions are going to be okay, performed. But if someone chooses to have an abortion and they want a painkiller for that baby, can Planned Parenthood They'll charge, charge money for, it, sure. for that? Certainly they could, but that's going to be offset by the amount of money they're going to lose well, because women are going to be adequately informed and there will be fewer abortions. You know, you're saying this rhetoric, and the tragedy is if this bill passes, you're going to come back on this show and you're going to be forced to admit abortion didn't go down. It went up. This is ill-treated. I'm going to be forced to admit that because the reports state health departments right. are proving you otherwise All right, in like terms to of related bills that you oppose. All right, here's my third question. So I don't have anything that I have to admit. Steve? What you need to admit is the fact that in state after state after state, this kind of legislation that you oppose is reducing abortion. Steve, so I, why I you rebutted don't that. A good Steve, beyond me. Steve, I offered a rebuttal to that point earlier. Okay, but it, it doesn't hold water. I'm okay, sorry. well, you didn't respond to <laughs> it. Could the, you the specifically? There, the abortions are lowering because of the bills we're passing. That's a good thing, and why you oppose that, I don't know. Because Steven? that puts you on the okay. side with the abortion industry that well, doesn't want to see the number of abortions well, go down. Well, let me just be clear. I guess you don't understand what I oppose, so let me say it again. I oppose any law that ends with, and then you can kill the baby. Now, I know that seems hard for you to understand. That's a biblical principle. So you oppose any law that does anything to reduce abortion? No, no, no. No, that's not true, Steve. If you could only save one baby, save that baby. Then support the bill. But do not pass a law that says, okay. If it saves one baby, support the legislation. If it gives a solution to moms on how to kill their late-term baby without the baby feeling... to mom on how to kill their late-term baby. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question now, a direct question. Does H.R. 6099 offer a solution to the mom on how to kill her late-term baby without the baby suffering pain? It offers women information they don't normally get that will persuade them not to have an abortion. Okay, you didn't answer the question. The question okay, is, I did answer the question. No, you didn't. The question is this. Does H.R. 6099 offer a solution to the mother who's worried her late-term abortion will inflict pain on her baby? H.R. 6099 offers information to women that the pro-life movement has been trying to educate the public about for more than 30 years. Stephen, your fear of answering that question I don't again, have a fear of answering okay, the well, question I'll ask the question again. Stephen, I'll ask the question again. Does H.R. 6099 offer to a mother a solution to her fear that her baby will experience pain in an abortion? H.R. 6099 offers women information about the development of their child that, for whatever illogical reason, you don't support. 
Okay, for the fourth time, I'm going to ask you this question. Does H.R. 6099, Stephen, your fear about answering this question? I don't have any fear of answering the question. Okay, then answer this question. The answer is simple. The bill will reduce abortions, which is a good thing that most of the pro-life community supports. That is the answer. Does it allow for a painkiller to be given to a baby before the baby is murdered? Yes or no? It It allows the woman to request anesthesia for the unborn child if she chooses. Okay, and, in, so, and in giving her that option and giving her the information, some women are going to decide not to have okay. an abortion, which is a great thing. All right, so That's this is, something Steve, we ought to celebrate. Steven, well, it this, is, this except, is, except that some women are going to see this and it is going to ease their conscience Steven says and they're going to kill possible. their baby. I know he says it, but the right. truth is... They're going to kill their baby with anesthetic because it's easier on them and it's more humane. When I do something or take a stand or take an action, I have to be mature and look at the possible unintended consequences of my action. And for 15 years on the air, I have observed that people who violate do not murder for the pro-life cause are completely unwilling to acknowledge the possible unintended consequences Stop the tape. Stop the tape. We're going to be airing part three of this debate sometime next week. I hope you can join us for that. We'll be back here tomorrow with another episode of Bob and Yurt Live. Remember, we are in our telethon month. We need all the help we can get to stay on the air. So when you go to kgov.com, either click the telethon banner at the top of the site or click sponsor a show. For our telethons, we typically set a dollar goal, like thirty or 40000 but this time we're looking for 20 new monthly donors who will sponsor one show a month. Being on the air isn't cheap. We run about 20 broadcasts a month, and it costs us about $150 per show. We operate on such a shoestring budget here at BEL, so in the past, we've relied heavily on those large donations and big dollar telethons, but that one was Bob was around. Now the ministry has less security, and it's up to you and me to keep the show going. That makes promoting Bob's teachings a daunting task, so if you and just 19 others can help us guarantee that the show goes on, Bob's biblically-centered teachings will go out to thousands more. The ministries of so many godly leaders, authors, and preachers have been magnified tenfold or even a hundredfold after their passing. Think of C.S. Lewis and how he still today has such an impact on millions. We have no doubt that Bob could have a similar impact, and your sponsorship of just one show a month will be a massive force to magnify this ministry and the gospel. So if you can help and sponsor just one show a month, that would be such a blessing. So to hear the rest of today's show, visit us at kgov.com. That's kgov.com.